Uh, welcome back to the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. We're a drinking podcast with a comic book problem. Shake the shit out of it. You've got to feel like over the past couple of years, if we as a society, at least in the American society, have learned anything, it's never throw all of your weight behind one person because that person will have skeletons in the closet and will come back and bite you in the ass. Like, mm-hmm. I love Todd. We've been friends since we were 12 years old and I'm like 99% behind him. But there's 1% that might bite me in the ass. So I'm going to protect myself. <laughs> By the way, Brian, when you said that, the like smirk on Todd's face was <laughs> priceless. <laughs> And see, I, I like it when people are behind me and biting me ass. So that just works out well for me. So, hey, and welcome to another episode of the Funny Books and Firewater mm-hmm. podcast. We are continuing our Pride Month with Our Dreams at Dusk, a manga uh, which is d- written and illustrated by Yuki Kamatani. Yeah, yeah let's right. go with that. Okay, Yuki Kamatani. Uh, yeah, so this is the first in a book. Uh, from what I understand, there are four volumes of this book. Um, uh, and uh, we'll get into the details of it because I don't really want to spoil it because that has a lot to do with i think what our reviews will be um but months oh we have um our lovely group that we have been with for over 100 episodes now we have lena we have adam we have todd we have me i am brian hey how are you hello Uh, nothing from you todd hi thank you uh mr adam (laughs) what is your cocktail for this week because this is going to come out in the beginning of summer it's going to be very hot my drink is called the soft serve you're going to take a blender add one scoop of vanilla ice cream four ounces of pineapple juice one cup of frozen pineapple chunks and two ounces of spiced rum you blend until smooth and then you pour into a frosted glass and garnish with crushed pineapple that sounds lovely it's kind of like a boozy dole whip that's what i was yeah yeah, i would say i feel like and sasquatch is a big fan of pineapples so we we haven't heard this before this is new information to all of us oh really he's obsessed with pineapple. no 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 we no we had a whole episode we've had like a whole episode (laughs) uh i think i bought him something from the dole plantation and sent it to you if i remember correctly no oh okay it's in the mail it totally will be there it's 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 the it's the remains of (laughs) it's the remains of mr dole himself it's true uh well Mr. Todd, what is your drinking game rule? Take a breath. It gets better. Okay. Every time he's freaking about every little thing, you just kind of want to go, dude, calm down. Okay. Have a sip. Mr. Adam. Uh, mine's called, Who Am I? Every time he wonders if he's gay and does, is not sure. Okay. Uh, Lena. Uh, mine kind of goes with Todd's where it's just yelling. Lots of yelling. <laughs> Yeah. Um, every time there's a freak out and you're just yeah. kind of like, why are you freaking out? Uh, take a drink. Small sips, especially okay. at the beginning. <laughs> Go okay. sit in the chair. Yeah. It's yeah. Empty. I'm waiting to see yeah. if Brian took the really obvious one that I didn't choose. I don't know if I did or not. I'm doing a throwback to older episodes. Um, I am going to be doing one called Nobody Cares. <laughs> every time he worries about what the people in high school are going to think or what they think about him, take a drink. Nobody. Adam. Nobody cares. Uh, what did I miss, Adam? Uh, so mine goes back to my old favorite, the Foley artist. Every time there's a sound effect. Oh yeah, mm, yeah, that's pretty standard. But that's that's why uh, I made up my other one because I was like, eh, it's it's kind of the most obvious one. So yeah, I I don't know. I I think the thing I like about sound effects in manga 
is like all the kanji and then like just the small English word yeah, yeah. translating it. It makes me happy for weird reasons that I don't know. I don't know why. I just like that. The look of that. Um, okay. So basically this book is uh, deals a lot in a young uh, man coming to grips with his homosexuality, potentially coming out, um, but sort of starts and centers around a suicide attempt. And then he sees this mysterious person. I'm not entirely sure male, female, and it doesn't really matter anyway, who looks like they're about to jump. He goes to try and save them, rescue them, and finds that they're okay and they can just fly. And has this space called the drop-in space, which is a very sort of 60s commune in the best of ways, uh, where, you know, people kind of come in and they they get to... Uh, he, he beats a lot of interesting people who sort of uh, help him on his journey of self-discovery. Um, and I think there's always a certain amount of uh, question as to whether or not this place really exists or these people really exist. Uh, the uh, old man with the mustache would be the one to watch over you on an LSD trip. It's true. He's a, he's a very kind guide, I think. Yeah, like he would he, be, he'd be a good guide. dude there. Yeah. But uh yeah, does anybody have any thoughts jumping on in on this that they want to jump in on? Okay. Ooh, oh. Oh, wow. No. I think we ideas. all have thoughts. I just don't know if anyone wanted to go first. Well, I'll go first cuz I very rarely do. Um of the books we've read this month, this is probably my second favorite. I like this a fair amount. Um, and I liked it enough that I would probably, I probably will. If I didn't get a bunch of books from Todd recently and my to be read pile just jumped up significantly, um, I'd probably pick up the other volumes. This got like, more than three. Yes. More than three, less than a hundred, but not much less. Um, <laughs> so, um, uh, Yes. Anyway. Uh, but yeah, so like, I like the art in this. I think it's a beautiful, beautifully mm -hmm. drawn book. I think the story is very interesting. Um, it's a little heavy on its metaphor, but not in a bad way. Um, like you can kind of see what it's, what's going for, but like, it's also sort of, I like when I looked it up, it says it was for 13 and above. That's right. To jump yeah. in on that heavy on the metaphor, but the uh, 13 year olds aren't known for subtlety. Yeah. And also, I mean, like he's a preteen teenager. Right. And that time of your life is also not known for its subtlety. Uh, um, so yeah, just a general, I mean, I, I really, really like this book. Um, and, uh, yeah, so far, like I'm excited to see what else happens. Best uh, frame in the whole book right there. Oh yeah. So you want to tell me about it? Sure. Just while Brian's talking, I was flipping through this. So my page 160, best frame in the whole book, and it is pride month and of everything else. And you're just like, why make a big deal about pride and everything else as we're stepping away from it. But he goes, it's simple. I want to live a happy life with the person I love. That's all I'm hoping for. Yeah. And it's a picture of uh, two people holding hands. They're interdigitizing. Yes. Interdigitation? Yeah, there's interdigitation. So they're clasping hands together. Yeah. And it's like, that's just what I want. And I'm like, what does anyone have against that? Yeah. And I also, I mean, here's the thing. I like the fact that, I don't know, I feel like it's an honest portrayal of the emotional journey that I think, obviously, this character's having, but I think everyone has when they're trying to go through that time of life of self-discovery of whatever. You know what I mean? Um, Hormones of teenagehood. Yeah, Everything or just, just like slamming. Yeah. that point in time where you all of a sudden realize life is not exactly what you think it is for both are good and for bad. You know, not to make light of, of a very heavy subject here, but like, there's a certain point in time in my life where I realized I was short and white and was never going to play in the NBA, but uh, I had to come to grips with that. Not with um, that. John Stockton. That's the problem is I love John Stockton, but he ruined so many young kids' lives in Utah, making them think that we would eventually play in the NBA. Didn't happen. Or, you know, win the championship, but that's a different story. So you know what? You know what? Wait, wait, wait. Oh that's no, the here, best comes, here comes the joke. Okay, go. So here in Utah. Why do you never buy a car from Stockton to Malone Honda? Because you'll never get the title. I know that that joke has been told on this <laughs> podcast before. <laughs> Because I've edited it out before, because it was on before that. So it might get edited <laughs> out now. 
well. No, no, no. Because no, this no. is at least the third or fourth time it's been on it. See, but sometimes a joke gets funnier by repetition. This is not one of them. It is. Are you regretting <laughs> making me that old-fashioned before the show started? No, this is great. Okay. I, I made my, you got a single, I've got a double. So. Oh, oh, that's, that explains why you're going much slower than I am. Right. Uh, Adam, what are your thoughts? And tell me why I'm wrong. Why you're wrong? No, I actually, I wasn't sure what to think about it at first because it became very dreamlike and kind of strange. And there's some thoughts you can go into about at the beginning, did his suicide attempt work? Did he, is he in the hospital? Yeah. Is this all like a dream fugue type thing? Uh, or he's coming to find people who are similar to him, not just because they we have the two lesbians, uh, but because we have people who kind of just are weird, you know? They're, they're people who are learning to live by their own set of rules. Rule. Yeah. yeah. And at 13 year old years old, we're all weird. We're all strange. We're all afraid to say what we think or talk about who we are because we because we're right. still in the idea that everyone else is normal but us. Yeah. And then when you get to be our age, you realize that we're all fucking weird. And that's fine. Except for the creepy guy who like drives around the rickety van. Like he can go away. Uh or one of the people at my work who I wanted to punch today. Uh but yeah, it's like it's so he's figuring himself out and Add on to that, he's, and, and whether or not you can discuss how, and we've done it in the past with other mangas about whether, how much homosexuality is accepted in Japan and this and that, or people really care. But when you're that age, it doesn't matter because yeah. your friends are going to make fun of you no matter what. First of all, we're guys. We make fun of each other. That's just what we do. That's right. Like I walk up, I'm like, hey, what's up, you fat fucker to some random person. He's like, dude, you're an asshole. And I missed you. How are you doing? That's that's just a guy thing. And yeah. that's tripled and quadrupled to like, like you mentioned, like, you know, being a hormonal 13 year old. And not only is that output tripled the input and the way you take it in is tripled so you're already in a precarious time of life you're already looking probably the worst you'll ever look in your entire life because suddenly your voice <laughs> drops an octave and then goes up two octaves and you've got pimples and just weird things are happening to you that's why boys in that age go to single syllable responses mm. yes because <laughs> you're not going to crack your voice won't crack when you go mm. some of them never grow out of it either uh but at, take all of that and add on to the fact that as puberty switches on and all of a sudden you're you're having like a sexual awakening and realizing who you're attracted to and you find out everyone around you is attracted to girls or so you think because that's what they're saying because that's what you do in public and you think you might like guys and suddenly maybe you were curious like a lot of kids are curious they go on their phones look things up and maybe you just wanted to see if it was for you you didn't know and then someone finds out you know oh my god suzuki's got gay porn on his phone oh my god are you a homo blah 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 so not only are you first of all doubting yourself and wondering where you fit in and anything and whether you ever will or do because no one's like you because apparently you're the only person who feels that way now this deep dark secret that you wish would go away is out everywhere and your life is pretty much over and you actually think about ending your life and it's I, i'm hoping as we as everyone matures and we have like the further generations like gen z and everything which is a lot more even of the millennials of accepting of lgbt people gender fluid those kind of things that it would be starting to get better and i think really it is uh Lena and i we've talked ad nauseum about heartstopper and how much we love it but seeing reactions online just even on twitter or news stories it, that's resonating with everyone who's any age but especially people under the 20s and under like they're like hey yeah i get this this is this is a story that i see daily in my life so that's a really really good positive step but it's not always like that for everyone and for me it was also a very personal story because this is what my 13 year old was like someone found out they thought i might be gay made my life a living hell mine got a bit more physically abusive than what was there and you know there were there were times especially being raised as religious and uh and conservative as i was thinking that god hated me 
I just wish that I could die. But I, I, I remember very distinctly praying to God that if he could not make me not gay, that he would just kill me mm-hmm. because that's what was drilled into my head from an early age. In fact, I didn't even really know what being gay was. I thought if you were gay, you were stupid, but if I, but I knew what a faggot was and that's what I was because that's what was drilled into my head every single day at school. So this, again, it was, and again, I may have loved it more than other people did because it does have that personal uh, connection. And it's weird because a lot of LGBT books always do that for me. I wonder why. Uh, Go figure. I know, right? It's almost as if stand- coming out of the closet is sort of a standard part of the uh, growing up experience for the gay and lesbian and LGBTQIA community. Yeah, and it's, it's funny because people people kind of make fun of the fact or make light of the fact that they're all oh, there's all these movies and stories about gay people coming out. I'm like, yeah, because it's a sta- it's a universal experience. No matter how excited oh, yeah. people are, no matter how much they love you, there's still that moment where you have to be like, hey, guess what? I I don't like guys. I like girls, or I don't like girls. I like guys. It's just it's everyone assumes you're straight. One of my favorite lines from uh dear dear simon is why is straight the default it's just that's what we're imprinted with since we're from birth is that boys like girls and vice versa so this was really really cool for me because it was personal but then it also was ephemeral and had that weird thing with someone's on and like who's this person she can fly she's very mysterious but she doesn't seem to give a shit in fact she even says like what you're gay and then he's like cool am i maybe who am i like Mm -hmm. and it was just it was interesting to the point that yeah it's a main part of the story about his wrestling with his sexuality but it was so covered and surrounded by these weird little fun non sequiturs. And then you had the, the lovely relationship with the two lesbians who one of them was so freaked out that they'd even refer to each other as their wives because her parents wouldn't accept it. And that's also a common theme in a lot of uh, same sex or same gender relationships. Again, hopefully not so much now. Uh, I remember when my mom met Clark and she actually liked him a lot. She liked him a lot better than my ex. And I'll never forget. She gave me so much shit because my ex was younger than me. Uh, when she first met him, I was like, you realize mom that you and dad are literally almost to the day the exact same age difference that he and I are. And she's like, whatever. But then she met Clark and then we were having a conversation months later and she's like, how old is Clark? And my response Mm was, well, he can vote. (laughs) And she just laughed. And she's like, oh, he's a bit young. How's the weather up there? And that was the only time it was brought up. So even my own family and my mom, especially those, that understanding is maturing and, and changing and I, I don't even get the conversations anymore about well we know you like guys we think it's a sin but we still accept you it's not even that anymore at least she's she's matured mm-hmm. past that or doesn't bring it up anymore but no it was i i love this book a lot more than i thought i was going to uh, i i kind of picked it at random doing some research and finding lgbt books for this month um i didn't know what i thought about it at first when i first finished it and then as i've been thinking about it and mulling over it like drives to work just having music on it it really did resonate a lot more and i've been talking for a very long time so i will hand over to lena and todd lena i dare you to follow that i don't really like manga uh thanks and i realized that even with my this, dreams <laughs> this book so so here's the thing. I actually really did like the story. Uh, it was intriguing enough that I was like, well, maybe I'm like, I really want to see what happens. However, I am just not into manga enough to want to read more. And that is just a is stylistic. It a yes. It, well, and it's just. The cadence is interesting. It's a. I just don't like, I don't get into anime. I don't like the big, like crazy, like big mouth, like surprised, constantly yelling type of stuff. It's just not my jam. And uh-huh. uh, well, I think so the more story- Lord of the Rings and stuff. What? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. He said going. more Lord of the Rings. No, no. I just, it's just not. 
I don't know. Like, I wonder if I would have loved this more or gotten into it a little bit easier if it wasn't a manga. Um, Because the story itself, I really liked. I thought it was interesting. The whole someone-san and, and like, who are they? And what is, the you know, this, like, the the thing that they always say is, like, you can tell me, but I won't listen. Mm-hmm. And it's just, That like, was a brilliant line. <laughs> uh, yes. so it's, it's those things where it's, but it's almost refreshing. Cause it's like, you can say anything and it just doesn't matter. It's they're mm-hmm. giving you a chance to think out loud yeah. and figure yeah. it out for yourself. And I really liked that. It's just the, um, turning the page the wrong way and <laughs> reading it, it the wrong way. You know, it's those, it's just, it's a stylistic thing that constantly pulls me out of it that I am just like, God, I really am not a fan of manga. And I know a lot of people are. Your brain's and, still squishy. You can get that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no. Lena, I'm, I'm with you. It took me a lot of manga reading to get used to it. Like I, I read, even after we read some of the books we did, I, I just, I, I couldn't get it. I hated it. And then I read a couple, actually, I got a couple that are like, I read Akira. Actually, I went through and read the first couple books of Akira, which I still need to finish. And that's kind of where it clicked for me. So I do get the, it's not easy at first, especially when you're used to going left to right. Uh, but yeah, I, I still do that too. Even when I opened the book up, I knew it was a manga and I still swipe right uh, or swipe yeah. left. I'm like, damn it. It's the other way. <laughs> yeah. So like after do you think that's of- easier with a physical book, it might be, it might be easier with a physical book. I also think that my natural sort of slight dyslexia is um, finely attuned to reading manga. Like it's sort of, for some <laughs> reason my brain, I do like manga. I do really well. I can, I, I can read it really well and really fast. So. I will say occasionally when I'm reading manga and I don't read a ton though. And to defend Lena a little bit here there, I go, does this panel actually make enough sense to continue the story or am I reading it in reverse? That happens to me occasionally. Okay. And so that happens to me more in American comics than does to me in manga. Okay. So maybe it is just the way my brain is wired. (laughs) That is actually not inaccurate. I I oftentimes have been accused of thinking backwards, but uh, it has worked out well for me in a lot of other ways. Sure. Yeah. So it's, I, I think the story itself was really interesting. I um, I did look up more about the story and the characters afterwards, knowing That's that I will not read another one. And <laughs> um, was, you know, it made a lot of, it, it kind of, I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And, and you know, who, who these people are and everything. But, um, but the, the fact that it was a manga, just it, I got through really pretty fast considering I had to like, after a few pages, I was like, okay, Lena, this way, you gotta, you gotta do it. You have to swipe the other way. And I got it, but um, yeah, I just, it's just not my kind of genre in terms of like the style of, of, of story. So it's not your genre. It's not your jam, but you read up more after the fact to figure out where. Yes. Because, and that's the whole thing is I like the story, but I know I won't read anything more of it specifically because I'm just, it would just uh, aggravate me. (laughs) But if they were to make like a live action movie, you would be down. I would totally be down. So that's why if you are a fan of manga, I think that you will love this. I think it was a cute story. I think the characters were interesting. 
Um, but for me, I still liked the story, but the, the, then the vehicle that it was in was not my cup of tea. Well, Lena, I, I, you'll be happy to know that of the multiple mangas I could have chosen for this month that I knew you would enjoy this one much more than Dick Flat Island. So <laughs> I appreciate that. I couldn't even finish that. We've talked about that. So yeah. Yeah. They were wearing chastity. Merkins? It's a, let's I don't not know go if it's a I think it's technically a cod piece. Yes. Yeah, let's... Giant cod pieces. Yeah. Cod piece versus a Merkin. Yeah. I mean, the, the, because there is a lot of nudity in that, none of them could ever be accused of wearing a Merkin. It was, um, yeah. it was like a runway strip down there. So. <laughs> so I guess the other thing is, is there such a thing as assed chaps? Aren't all chaps assless? I, I've never worn a pair, so I, I cannot tell you. I don't know. Is that like, like are chaps actually just leather pants? Because no, chaps technically as... are a leather outer coating that protects your pants, normally jeans or dungarees, from uh, becoming damaged from um, wear and tear while riding on a horse, typically. Right. But so you hear it's like, oh, he's wearing assless chaps. And I'm like, what chaps aren't assless? Uh, well, yeah, because if, if they're if they're not assless, they're leather pants. They're not chaps. Well, don't now that I think about that. Don't, but don't chaps kind of like wrap around your legs or like they don't go up to, they don't cover your ass really, do they? That's why we're saying there's no set like assless chaps and chaps are always assless. It's a redundant statement. But don't assless, assless chaps have like a piece of fabric in the middle, so it's like they like kind of go up your butt strand? crack. Yeah, kind of like that. But they they're not thin enough to go up your butt cracks. So your ass is just kind of. I I don't know. I know most the of the expert. time, to my understanding, in the traditional sense, I love now Ryan. in the in the sexual <laughs> fetish sense, I have no idea. But in the traditional sense, chaps are cover the legs, sort of a wider piece, specifically around the calf. Um, they go up, sort of over the front of your thighs and on the inner thigh and then basically just has a belt but the you know the back side of your ass and the upper thigh are normally pretty much open so it's covering yeah. up the front side but not so much the hind because you're sitting on something so you yeah you're sitting on a salad this not salad <laughs> that's a different kink entirely you're sitting... salad right there. <laughs> I mean, that's why you that's why you wear them so someone can never... <laughs> that's why the good lord invented sneeze guards todd what are your thoughts on uh, this book all right so our dreams at dusk it's what was so interesting, I've had a double old-fashioned with Wild Turkey 101 ride, by the way. Good for you. <laughs> I know, right? It was pretty good. Well, it's so interesting going back. This kid was so in his head and goes back to my drinking game of, hey, calm down, it gets better, is the amount of thinking teenagers do of overanalyzing things to death and how long it takes for someone to realize is everyone is overanalyzing themselves and everything else that no one has energy to be thinking about others nearly to this degree. I've I've known people in their 50s who still haven't figured that shit out. But I spent a lot of money on therapy to get out of that mindset in my 40s. So, yes. That's true. Yeah. But that's where it is. But reading this, you're here. You're like, kid, I mean, everyone else is so wrapped up in themselves. It, and it, the fact that nobody cares is a true statement. It's not a nobody cares. They don't give a shit about you. It's nobody cares. They're too self-centered trying to figure themselves out. And I've not had a, the uh, I've lived much of my life the default right adam so it's mm -hmm. um i'm a white cis straight so i'm a i'm a, I'm a white adult male and here in america uh, i mean the world's at my feet and it's unfortunate how true that is in a lot of ways i've been really lucky
hierarchy. And sometimes I talk to people and they're like, wait, 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 what? And I'm like, yeah. And you're having someone here going the default path that may not be for me. And it's not even choosing a fork in the road. It's having to change the road entirely of some expectations. And so we always talk about there's the universal experience of everyone gay having to come out because you're having to tell everyone, wait, stop, your expectations need realigning. And coming out is less about the individual being gay and it's more about telling everyone else what your thoughts and expectations of me happen to be different from this outside view so it's because they've the act of coming out they've been sitting on this for a long time typically Mm -hmm. and they've known for a long time typically so in coming out it's enough of going i am sure enough that i know i'm not the default because being the default of anything is easier that's what face that's why facebook hates apple right now because they defaulted to privacy on a number of things on their browsers and search history and they've lost 10 billion dollars a quarter because apple went privacy by default opting in or opting out of privacy or opting out of the default takes so much more work and it's hard And so watching someone wrestling with that is them trying to figure out that answer themselves. But that's really the first step. And the next step, oh, maybe this really is the case. And now I've got to change everyone else's minds of what they thought of me. I am not who people wanted me to be. And I'm actually something different or thinking that. And some people are very accepting and they're like, oh, you're gay. Great. We already knew. Thanks, Q. Um, (laughs) Right. But. There's those thoughts parts there. He was like, oh, you're taking this really well. But where is all a lot of this pent up angst coming from is I will now be less in someone else's eyes because I've changed their expectations. And is that expectation change a detriment? And the fact that even here in this society here or coming out is the fact I'm changing from the default is seen as the detriment, even though it's just a change. From the default that's currently at. It's an interesting thing. So you have, it's this coming out story of a person of who the hell am I? What's so universal about this is who the hell am I is a universal story. The so fact. much so that like, I was thinking about it, Adam, when you brought up, why are there so many gay stories? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, no, but I had this thought earlier. There's so many stories about, you know, people coming out of the closet. There's a whole genre of straight people movies called coming of age films. It's the same Mm. fucking thing. It's the same thing. You know, of who am I like, oh, my parents wanted me to be a doctor and a violin player. Yeah, I'm not doing that. Which part being a doctor, being a violin player. I could still fiddle around. (laughs) (laughs) So... Yeah, so it's and it, it's a manga, and is the uh, the delivery method of the medium challenging for some? Sure, I'm not doubting that. But this story is: we were all teenagers, so if you've ever been a teenager, you can read this and get stuff out of it. Mm-hmm. And it's sweet, and it's filled with misfits. And you look at all the things: you look at X Men, X Men are misfits. You look at Doom Patrol, Doom Patrol are misfits. You look at all these different shows, and it's like here's a group of misfits figuring out who they are and how they're they're their own misfit in their own little way with. Very Carrying backstories, finding common ground of being not the default. And this did that great. And it's the series of Misfits. So I thought it was, I really enjoyed this one. I'm not going to read the second one, but I really enjoyed this. So yeah, okay, that's my thoughts. Cool. One thing really fast that Todd, you said that I was at the very beginning of that whole the whole conversation was that worrying about what everyone diatribe, thank you. Uh worrying about what everyone thought about me. I, I I'm gonna butcher it and I might even add something to it, but it's like I spent I spent the first 20 years of my life worrying what people thought about me. The next 20 years realizing they weren't thinking about me, and the next 20 years realizing I didn't give a shit. And it's so hope- freeing. 
Yeah. But, it's uh, so freeing. The, the first, my first assignment as homework when I met my therapist for the first time was she gave me the book to read uh, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. And for me, that was very freeing because it was like, oh, I don't need to care so much about everything because it's not my responsibility. And there's lots we can go from there. But for me to realize, like, I, I don't have to care about things. Like, there's things you should care about by all means. Mm-hmm. But realizing, like, okay, so someone I, I respect or care about, like you guys, I do care about your opinion about me because we're friends. We love each other. And I look at right. you guys like family. But the random Yahoo on the street who's like, your haircut looks like shit. I'm like, I don't give a fuck about you. Like, why would I? So okay. for me, that was really freeing. And then the, the one thing I'll go into before we end was, like, one of the final pages of of the uh, of the, the manga was the guy, he's like, Yasuki's like, hey, there's this guy I like. I really like a guy. And he's crying. And I know that for me, at least, and for other people I've known who are LGBT, is like, that moment where you finally say it to yourself. And sometimes you literally have to look in the mirror and say it out loud is scarier than telling your friends because it's almost like once you do that, there's no going back. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, of course you can tell people and you could face discrimination or sometimes even violence and you can stop telling people because that's scary. But when you finally admit it and accept it as yourself is like, this is a truth about me that I've never said before or believed in that is scary. And that's a moment that I think for me, and it could have just been, again, my, my upbringing and everything else that was even scarier than when I got gay bashed and put in the hospital, because that was when I finally sat back and said, no, this is, this is part of who I am. And whether or not I tell anyone else, I know it is. And I've accepted that. And there's a lot of baggage that came after that or not accepting or not this and that and back and forth. But that was one of my favorite parts of the book, because that's, that is a very, very important step. And you can't take step two or three until you take step one. So. Yeah, I also, I mean, I don't, I, I, that is a really good point to come off of this on, but I just wanted to get your thought on one thing is I think that there are a lot of people in this world, I might even dare say a majority of these people who never really face the reality or the facts of certain truths about themselves or their situation. And I think the fact that the LGBTQIA community needs to go through that just for their own possible existence, I think in some cases is why they are a more accepting, but also more healthy group of people just sort of in general. I mean, that's a broad generalization, but like, I think there is a lot of, a lot of them, a lot. No, I don't even want to make those generalizations. I just think that there are a lot of people who don't come to grips with certain facts about their life and live in certain amounts of um, denial. And I think that, you know, comes into drug abuse and all sorts of weird stuff that comes on like culturally. Um, but I do think it's, it's just an interesting thing that that is something that uh, maybe more people would be benefited from if they, you know, looked in the mirror and realized that, you know, they were, I don't know, an idiot or not an idiot. That was a bad one. Like, I mean, more were, people should do that though. They should look. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Idiot, I mean, so. I look in the mirror and say I'm an idiot all the time, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know entirely where I was going with that. And we'll see if, I will say this much, Brian. The one thing I did think was funny is somebody like in the in the book, one of the kids that's given him shit about the you know the gay porn or whatever. He keeps bringing it up, and the one friend is like, "Didn't his brother send it to him or whatever? Like, didn't?" And he was like, "Maybe he's gay too." And he's like, "What is your issue?" Yeah, (laughs) he's like, "It's just so weird. It's just so weird." And it's just like, why is it always the ones that say a lot? always are the ones that you end up finding out have something that they're hiding themselves oh, yeah. so they're trying yeah. to deflect to someone yep. um and it because it's always Televangical, like televangelist preachers <laughs> well, but it's also yeah. i'm even thinking about senators it's always oh, yeah. why is it always the hey, senators are we celebrating madison cawthorn status <laughs> who, today well who like, but it's, I'm thinking of like old school senators who mm-hmm. would constantly had a white stance. Yeah. Well, yeah. 
but and, but they but they were the most vocal on taking rights away from um the LGBTQ community and everything. And then you end up finding out they get caught with a male prostitute or whatever. And it's just like yeah. in a Minnesota what airport. Is your like just go live your life? Like what? It just, it's always the ones that are the most vocal that you end up finding out that they're the ones that have that same. Someone doth protest too much. Mm -hmm. Well, it goes back to the thing you hate and fear about yourself the most, you foist on other people. Mm. And that's not true for every cousin who I refer to as the bubble of hate. And I would not be surprised. Anyway. And and I know some people get very, very upset if you're like, oh, well, they're so homophobic because they're gay. And and that's not true. A lot of times some people are just assholes. But I I have Mm. noticed that some of the people who are the most vitriolic people against gay people or this and that and blah 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 they're the ones who are struggling with that because they're so afraid and they're so there's so much self-hatred and self-imposed homophobia that they exert it on other people as a release for themselves because if they kept it all in and didn't put it somewhere it would kill them yeah which doesn't doesn't excuse their actions yeah yeah yeah, it, it doesn't excuse their actions by any means but uh it can't help explain it so yeah uh cool i think not cool that, i keep saying weird fucking words in awkward places um but scores scores that's what i was gonna do that's the old-fashioned yes i was just thinking about how weird it was i said cool after all that horrible shit that is cool uh yeah fuck you uh lana <laughs> what are your uh what's your grade i'm sorry were you saying that to me yeah what, what's your grade, lana? <laughs> um i I give it a like a minus B plus, but basically Ooh. because of me not really liking manga, it would be it okay. would be a solid A if I was um, not if I was actually a fan of the type of book it was. Yeah. Okay, Mr. Todd, B plus, B plus, Mr. Adam. Uh, I'll go with an A, and that could have been because how much it tied into my own personal life and upbringing. But the story is amazing, and if you like manga, this is going to be right up your alley. Yep, I'm also going to go with an A. Um, it's a very well done uh, manga film uh, book. It's just very well done story in general. Um, so yeah, I really really enjoyed it. Uh, next week we are reading a book called Fetch: How a Bad Dog Brought Me Home by Nicole. Move your thumb, Jay Georges. Who picked this one? I picked all of them. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, so uh, what we was that about? That. We'll find out next week, now, won't we? Uh, as Todd tosses the book to the floor. Um, anyway, so uh, I think that'll do it for us for this week. Thanks everybody for joining us, and we will see you all later. Bye. Bye. Hey, he held it longer there. I know. <laughs> I've got to change it up. Okay. <laughs> I've got to be predictably unpredictable. Oh my gosh.